Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Kate Wilson and this week I'm all on my own. No co-host this week. Anna is off on her honeymoon. Uh, So I'm holding down the fort. I did a a really great uh, interview this week with Adrian Toyton, Head of Banking Solutions APAC at FIS. And we're talking about FIS's new report uh, on core platform modernization and cloud migration. Um, And just a really interesting chat about everything that we're seeing changing in the banking industry at the moment. Really interesting to talk about it from a different point of view and to think about um, the tech and the legacy tech and and, um, how how banks and other financial services providers are dealing with this this challenge um, and what it means for the future as well. So we spoke a fair bit about um, what what FIS sees as sort of the next uh, stage and, and where we can expect the industry to go. So um, hope you all enjoy the podcast this week. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am joined by Adrian from FIS. Adrian, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you very much. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and, and about your background? Yeah, thanks. Yes, yeah, so I look after um, uh, banking for APAC. Um, so I look after our, our uh, solutions with a, with a real big focus around uh, core banking and, and digital solutions, um, focusing on the on, on the Asia Pacific market. So um, that's it's it's quite a broad remit, but it, it's really around how we uh, bring new technology to support our customers. Um, we have a large footprint of customers across core banking, payments, cards, merchant acquisitions, capital markets. Um, my focus is really really around the core banking area and, and how we bring kind of new technology into the uh, into the overall kind of banking ecosystem for uh, for a lot of our existing customers and new customers. And for for those listeners who might not know that much about FIS, do you want to give us a little bit of an, an overview of, of what FIS does as well? Yeah, so we're uh, um, branded as a, the the biggest global fintech, so we're about fifty five thousand people um, globally. Um, headquarters are in Jacksonville in the US. Um, our, our business is divided up into, into three main areas. So that's, uh, there's the banking business, which is, is, is core banking, uh, cards and, and payment processing. Um, there is the capital markets part of the business. So that's really, you know, again, all of the, uh, the processes within, within, within banks around some things like liquidity management, treasury. And, um, and then the third part of the business is our merchant, merchant acquisition business, which is the uh, uh, the world pay business that we we acquired uh, a couple of years ago. Great, and let's jump into some questions. So, um, oh. you know, we're talking about technology and banking. Banking has very much become a technology business, and we've seen really through the mm. last couple of years through the pandemic just this rapid acceleration in terms of digital banking, the need of a digital transformation. Um, beyond the pandemic, what are the key market drivers? do you think, um, of the need for banks to transform? I think, I mean, the bulk of it's led by customer expectations. And, you know, just thinking about the pandemic, um, a lot of the banks that I talk to regularly have have, have kind of accelerated three to four years worth of digital enablement to serve their customers better into into kind of six months. And so how quickly they can bring those services to market is critical because, you know, customers' expectations yeah, even pre-pandemic, we're moving more to a, a digital, you know, a digital focus with, yeah, you know, just focusing on consuming services, yeah, you know, by your phone rather than that's around with COVID, um, and really the provision of those services is now much broader. So, 
customers don't want to consume products anymore. They want to consume things that are individualized to them, right? So, they, so that, that requires the bank to have a much greater understanding of that customer and the relationship that that customer has you know, with, with, with that organization. I mean, that's critical, right? Because at the end of the day, competition is, is extremely fierce. You have things like open banking frameworks that are, are prevalent in, you know, that, are, that are legally now prescribed, you know, in certain geographies like the UK and Europe and Australia, you know, where actually somebody can walk into a, a branch of, you know, of a, of a competitor and say, I'd like you to transfer all of my accounts to you. And, and because of that open banking framework, where essentially, you know, they, they fire off a request to your host bank, the ability for you to just lift and shift your whole banking relationship is there now and enabled through technology. So banks have got to be really careful around protecting the investment they've got in the customer with, and, and, and offering them the services they want. Right. So I mean that that's I mean that that's the that's a critical piece. And and the, the technology that they have to to underpin that, you know, that's moving rapidly from what you would call like legacy mainframe type technology to more more open, you know, cloud-based um, systems that actually enable that agility to be able to move to uh, and constantly evolve to offer your customers what they want. I mean, that's that that's the critical move, and and that's really the kind. Of, but at the end of the day, it's it's all being driven by what customers want, and and the banks need to focus on on providing those services. What customers want has changed so much over the last mm. couple of years as well. And yeah, as you said, um, this sort of rapid shift in, in customers' expectations and the need for personalization is something that there's mm. quite a lot at the moment. Yeah, I mean, nobody nobody wants like a deposit account anymore, right? You want a deposit account that's linked to a retailer and it's linked to a telco that enables you to plan for holidays or be able to kind of partition your money up and say, you know, part of that money is for my living and part of that money is for my spending. And and and, and some of this, you know, together with think you know, just simple things like you know gamification and how 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 products are delivered, you have to make them now unique to to the customer. And if, if you don't do that, I mean, particularly with you know, the younger generation, you know, the 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 the, the, the they get bored very quickly, right? So ultimately you have to uh, you have to drive the kind of services and products you offer. We are aiming at the markets that you want, you know, that you want them to consume. So it, it's, it's, it's critical that you, that, uh, you continually evolve in that way. Absolutely. Um, so with, with, you know, transformation and, and the need to move to the cloud, that's been something that's been on, on banks agendas for some time now. Um, mm. why do you think there is a sort of growing sense of urgency to accelerate that digitalization at the moment? Um, I mean, it's really because if, if you look at how banking systems have evolved and particularly the core systems that process customers and transactions and products and all of the pricing and all of the integrations and interfaces and things that sit around that, I mean, historically those systems and probably the reason we call them legacy is that they've built and built and built over a period of time. And while they're very good at delivering what they do, the flexibility within them is, is very small, right? So ultimately, if you need to make a change because they're so uh, broad in their scope, a change you make over here affects 10 things over here. Um, and so the, the, 
the way that new systems are architected in that they're kind of they're componentized so it's really discrete functionality that's built in in, in, in components so it's a discrete functionality around say a deposit account or a payment or or a, a pricing module or how to manage your customers or all or, or, or things like that and they're exposed in a in a new way with sort of open interfaces using APIs that basically means you can you can change things really quickly, and and the premise of new systems now is it's all around configuration, not customization. You know, so these so the the, the these services are traditionally now uh, deployed on the cloud. They're, they're deployed as software as a service. So the so by doing that, the banks are consuming. Like if you, you know, the application level, if you like, you know, so they're just consuming that application piece. So they're focusing on the outcome rather than what sits behind the outcome. So therefore, they don't have to worry about how it works, just that it works. And and the provision of those things and and how you kind of change those things, uh, as I said, it's configuration, not customization now. So that gives you as a bank the ability. To be able to continually evolve what you're doing really, really quickly, um, and because it's delivered like in a real discrete way, technically, you can change things without having to worry that it's going to affect, you know, knock-on effects, you know, all, all within the bank. And I think that's that's driving a lot of that. I mean, inherently, the cloud moving to things like like cloud is you're moving from that very heavy um, capex model where we're investment in in hardware and um, yeah, and, and, and infrastructure, but to more of a kind of OPEX model where you're kind of paying as you go, pay as you use. And again, that's really attractive because then you, your ability to scale, you know, you're basically paying as you scale, but if you're not scaling, you're not paying. And, and so ultimately it's, it, it, it's, it's really, um, it, it's that kind of growth mindset that you can start to sort of plug into your technology. So, and then I sorry, guess, sorry, that was a long answer. <laughs> no, I think the, the flip to that, of course, is, is what's stopping um, banks, mm. what's holding them back from cloud adoption? I think you start with, with when you're thinking about cloud and, and new technology, it's less about technology and more about culture. Mm. Uh, so, so it's culturally within the organisation, how do you adapt to something? And I guess the yeah, simple way. I mean, the way that maybe you've always done a particular process, it, 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 maybe it goes one, two, three, four, five. Um, the fact that that process could go five, four, three, two, one and deliver you the same outcome, that's that's quite hard culturally to, mm. to, to necessarily adapt to. And, and the other thing with cloud as well is that you know, a lot of systems on cloud now are delivered as, a, as that software as a service. So if you kind of use the, the, the metaphor of a car, you know, you're driving the car, but now you're driving the car and you can't look under the bonnet, right? And and for some for some organisations, that's scary, right? It's a scary concept that you don't know how it works. It works, but you don't know how it works. You know, in the same way as you know the you know your your, your mobile phone, right? You, you you're looking at the app, you don't really know how the how the operating system works, um, mm -hmm. and so so that's a cultural change in terms of how. You know, technology is is used and deployed, and the fact that you're kind of outsourcing some of that responsibility. I mean, that, that, that that's what you're doing. And I think, and the other part of that is that the whole idea of configuration versus customization. Again, it, it's looking and it requires 
more of a business mindset to think about how do I take all of these you know, parameters and options and, and build them to deliver the outcome that I want rather than I'm going in there and coding to deliver the outcome I want. And that's a very different, it's a very different mindset. So, I mean, culture is definitely there. I mean, the other one is, I mean, is the speed of change in cloud and technology is 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 so fast, right? And what's good today is not not necessarily good tomorrow. Um, but and really, again, banks having to come to terms with how they consume that, and and, and how and how they best deploy it, and, and the kind of systems they deploy it for. So you know, initially in the cloud world, it was maybe more focused on things like data and analytics and customer relationship and things like that. So almost the peripheral systems of the bank. Um, now the banks are going to that next level and looking at the core engines of the bank and how they would consume those on cloud. Mm. And, and, and that inevitably raises questions around things like security and performance and things because these systems cannot be off. They, you know, they can never go down. Um, but, you know, but to mitigate, to mitigate that, the technology is, is rising to the challenge. And, 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 the, and but, but again, it, it's a mindset of, you know, I'm, I'm, can I let essentially somebody run the heart and lungs of my bank for me? The digital banks are proving it, it can be done. I mean, if you look across the whole of the APAC region, as the, the regulators and, and the central banks in each country have given more and more digital bank licenses, all of those digital banks have come to market on cloud. Mm. Right? And because they've come to market on cloud because it's really quick, and, and, and actually somebody's taking the worry of running the service away. And so they can focus on the important things like customers and like the products that they want. Um, and so now the, if you like, the incumbent banks saying, oh, wow, we need, we need to respond to that. Right? And how do we respond to that with what we currently have? And, and in some ways they can respond just by bolting bits onto what they currently have. But eventually you get to a point where you can't do that anymore. Mm. And, 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 then, and then eventually... Um, I mean, in, within the core industry, they call it hollowing out the core. And so you're, you're basically just taking pieces out and trying to modernize them piece by piece. But eventually you get to a point where you can hollow no more and you actually need to fundamentally change how, how your system is architected. And, and, that, and, that's, that's, and, that, and that, that realization is coming to a lot of the banks. And we're, I mean, we're working with a lot of the banks globally now that are moving to those cloud-based systems um, and, and maybe they start with a digital bank um, had to prove out that technology or even a brand new technology stack um, but fundamentally what they're trying to do is prove the technology works for a small subset of their customers and then once they're happy it works then they the, the idea is to then you know, transition the rest of the bank onto that platform. It's an interesting point because we think a lot about consumers and the, the pace of change that we've seen in terms of how consumers do things and what do things and what their expectations are. It's, mm. it's also thinking about the fact that there are there are people who are working in banks who have to go through a transformation and a change in terms of what Absolutely. they, what <laughs> they expect too, right? And a lot of people have worked in banks for many years. I mean, I've worked in banking for over 30 years and you know, a lot of it, a lot of a lot of the banks, you know, in APAC and in Australia, people, you know, there's a lot of committed people that have been in there for 20, 30, 40 years. And we're working with a bank at the moment who's looking at a transformation of core. And one of the, 
one of the people within the bank said I was there when we put our first system in and I want to be put I want to be in there when we turn it off right <laughs> so that so they're heavily wedded to to, to their technology but they're also uh, aware that they yeah they need to change as well so yeah it, it's a really it's a really good process but it, it's definitely led kind of culturally top down so if, if it, within the organizations the, the right senior management who understand that it's a cultural thing once they get that immediately um, then actually the way that cascades through the organization is is, is I wouldn't say easy, but it's 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 a simpler process. Everyone has to be pushing in the same direction. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of different methods of transformation out there, and it's, it's obviously mm. hard for banks to decide what's best, what's going to work um, work best for themselves and, and culturally, yeah. and, and for their customers as well. Mm. Um, what are the options that are out there for banks? What are the benefits and risks of each of them? Do you think? Um. I mean, historically, <clears throat> historically, the, the, the approach was big bang, right? And and which would which would essentially mean you're building a new system and then you do what what it says on the tin, right? You 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 basically lift and shift all of your customers and accounts at one point. Um, I mean that that has inherently been um, the way. Um, that is increasingly looked at as being you know it's expensive, it's risky. Um, you know th there are there are obviously um, major issues if it doesn't go well, um, <clears throat> but it but it's still a strategy. And and and, it, and again, if if you do all of your homework beforehand, it, it can still work. Um, but increasingly, banks are looking to not do that. And so the the approach around setting up a new stack on the side, a new a new a new identity. You know and actually building into that new identity whether it be a new digital bank or, or whether it be you know a partnership or, or, or whether it be just to be honest just proving the new technology on the side first in in a almost in a well, in a in a kind of sandbox environment you know it's not not customer facing um i mean that that that's increasingly the approach um and then as you do that, once you get comfortable and you've reached those levels of, you know, of, of, of kind of technical and functional uh, parity, you know, that, that you're happy that it works how it's meant to work, um, then you start to migrate your potentially, you know, your, your customers over, or you may just leave that as a new digital bank on the side. Um, I mean, the other approach is that progressive phased approach that, that I mentioned before was that hollowing out the core. So your idea is you've got new technology over here and older technology over here and you just start to replace bits so you may say okay here's my here's my systems for supporting my deposit accounts so i'm going to i'm going to turn on the new function and i'm going to turn off that function and i'm going to make the new function work with the old function um i mean that it's a tried and tested approach it, it is an approach that's quite heavy from an integration perspective and so a lot of work that you need to do just before you start to see real benefit um, yeah, it, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't change the benefit of that approach. It's it's just it, it's really depending on the outcomes that you're seeking, and then and then the other approach is this build and migrate, which which I mentioned before, and, and in, I think some of my American colleagues call it the sidecar approach, where where you essentially bolt on a sidecar to your existing bank, and then you build out into that until you're happy, and then that becomes your new bank. 
Mm. Um, and, and that gives you benefits of, um, yeah, it, it gives you the benefits of, 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 of the, um, degree because you might you might get to the point where you're really happy and then you can just bring over everything really quickly so you're not having to run two systems um, but it also gives you a little bit of that progressive build so you're building and testing building and testing building and testing um, and at the end of the day you want to be really um, really confident uh, before you start you know, bringing over all of your customers and accounts and all of those really valuable relationships um, but that I mean that's those are the real sort of approaches that we that, that that are prevalent in the market now and more I think because of the digital requirement now and and, and every, every bank is dipping its toe into the digital you know, into digital banking and whether or not it's a brand new brand or whether or not it's just a particular product that is only off, offered you know through a digital channel so those things kind of align quite nicely to standing up that new technology on the side. Yeah, I was, I was curious to get your thoughts on the, the rise of those um, digital banks under the, the major bank brand. Mm. Is that something you think we'll see more of over the next few years? Um, our short answer is definitely yes, um, <clears throat> because I think a lot of banks are using it in a way to, to test the market around new technology. And particularly with cloud, you can stand those banks, stand that product up really, really quickly. Um, yeah, and then going back to the earlier point around, you know, customers and what, what customers are looking for, you know, digital bank enables you to do things that are a bit non-traditional from a bank perspective, you know, you, let's go and let's go and link my bank account to my phone and let's go and link it to a retailer and let's go and link it to a, a, a petrol provider or whatever. I mean, ultimately it's um, those things that, um, <clears throat> You're probably not going to do that in your traditional bank infrastructure, but you are going to do that in your in, in the in the digital bank. And <clears throat> I think as as all of the central banks continue to um, to offer more digital bank licenses, we're definitely seeing. I mean, that happened in Australia a few years ago. It hasn't happened really in New Zealand yet. But if I look more broadly into the Asia Pacific region. You know, it, it, it started in, in places like Hong Kong and then it's, it's coming through Singapore and in Indonesia and into Thailand and, um, and, and into, into, into Vietnam. So all of, these, all of these central banks are issuing these new licenses. And, and if you see, look in Singapore, for example, you have the, the Grab um, entity, you know, which is like, uh, you know, like, the, like, like Uber that, that, have, that have applied for yeah, a, a new digital banking license, right? And and so that's a, that's a new player, and 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 they've always, they've obviously got a real large existing customer base, and so banks have to look at that and go, wow, I need to respond to that. So I I have to respond to that by maybe doing something different in my branding that and and, and in my approach that that attracts a different customer base. Right? Yeah, I was um I was part of a, a webinar this week where someone said. Um, fintechs are able to go after niche segments, whereas banks have to provide for everyone. So they can't always mm. go and do something really specific that meets the needs of a target segment. But having a digital bank under your under your umbrella probably makes a lot of sense when you're trying um, to target. Uh, I mean, there's a there's a bank in Thailand that had launched a brand called Robin Hood, um, and and it, it's and it's 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 banking, but it's also food delivery, right? So I mean, there you go, right? I mean, that's. <laughs> Uh, you're probably not going to do that under your traditional bank umbrella, but under a different brand, 
um, like a, you know, a, di a different digital bank brand and approach. You, you, you can do these things, right? And 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 that's that's really where the investment is going because um, there's a large untapped <clears throat> um, segment of customers that want that you want that experience and want that and want those kind of services. So. Yeah, who want their their food and their banking all in one place? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, any further predictions for the year ahead? We've spoken a lot about the transformation that's happening both on the customer side and also um, for banks internally. Any key predictions that you have, especially as we, we come out of the pandemic, um, what do you think we'll, we'll start to see more of over the next couple of years? I mean, we just, I think we'll just see a continued acceleration of digital and, 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 in, and as far as the services that the banks provide, I mean, that, that, that's, that's probably a, 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 an obvious statement, but I think, um, yeah, we, we will just see more and more um, services provided in a, away from the traditional branch um, format in, in, into the digital, in, in, into the digital channel. So that, that certainly, you know, is going to happen. I think that the rise of, uh, of the digital banks it will, will definitely continue, but I think it would also be, be measured in terms of scope of, of some of that. I mean, so, so with some of the digital banks have have, have failed or, or have not grown as quickly as, as probably what they, that they wanted to. And I think that's because and what that's done is it's focused those strategies on really providing very specific value and services. And so I think that that will definitely increase. Um, and, and, and I think you will start to see adoption of cloud for major systems within the bank really start to take off. Um, a, a lot of the banks, you know, in, in Australia, New Zealand are, are looking at this and, and are actually moving forward on this. And in the broader Asia Pacific region, there's a lot of momentum towards moving to those, those cloud services. And although those, that, that won't necessarily happen immediately, those pieces of work will start. And so as those pieces of work start and those banks start to transform, you're going to see more digital brands, but you're also going to see a lot more um, customer focus kind of products and services that, that are brought to market really quickly. And I think all these things make for a really interesting market for the customers. So they're going to have a lot more choice. Um, and so I think, yeah, banks will, you know, banks will become more commoditized, right? In, in, in the fact that, yeah, the, there's, there's often the question of will banks exist in the future? Well, Banking will definitely exist. Um, banks will exist, but they will have to continue to change to adopt to make sure that they exist, right? By providing those services. And I think that's really what we're seeing now. And, and COVID has driven so much of that to be a really accelerated timeline that maybe that change was, was going to take five to 10 years. Whereas that change now had been contracted into the accelerator for the change has been contracted into the last two years, and now you will see massive change really quickly over the next two or three years. Yeah, I think that, as you said, that shift has been something we've all been talking about within the industry for a couple of years, but it, it looks like it's going to happen a lot a lot faster and we're a lot closer to starting to see that, that real proliferation of, of different options for customers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. That was a really great conversation. Really enjoyed um, listening to everything that you, you had to talk about. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Kate. That's excellent. Thank you so much.